Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome, MTBers, to episode number 14 of the MTB Tribe Podcast, the show that takes you inside the sport of mountain biking, picking the brains of industry leaders, finding out what makes them tick. We'll be bringing you information on everything from gear to diet to trails and everything in between, and also why you ride, yes. I want to talk to you, the everyday rider, and break down the reasons why you ride. So please visit the website, mtb-tribe.com. You can subscribe there, you can leave comments there, and get in touch. And who knows, stranger things have happened, but you may get on the podcast. How exciting would that be? So... On to today's show, and we're talking to Martin McMullen from the Life Adventure Centre in Castle Wellen. And it was awesome chatting to Martin. I was down there mainly chatting to him regarding the 24-hour race that they held not so long ago and just how that all came to be, the organisation requiring that, and the issues involved in holding such a race as that. Because just before the race happened, there was massive storms came through the area. There was hundreds of trees blowing down, and what was a 14 kilometer uh, trail end up being very very less than that so the guys had to go out clear a lot of trees and get the trail back to what it was before the storm so uh, that was an awesome effort by them guys so we chat about that we chat about the different disciplines in it and we chat about the life adventure center in general as well because the Castlewell mountain bike trails are down there but the center does so much more than mountain biking uh, but we, we do get into that we chat about the um, popularity of electric mountain bikes through the centre among many many other things so it was great being down there with the guys the guys are so friendly and uh, they welcome everybody that comes through their doors so please check out their website and if you're in that area go down and visit the guys and say hello they are so welcoming and friendly down there it's unbelievable so please sit back relax and enjoy the show and welcome martin to the mtb tribe podcast Hey Martin, how you doing? Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. Brilliant to have you here. Um, so you're from the Life Adventure Centre. That's correct. Castle Wellen. Yep. What a beautiful spot it is down here. I absolutely love it down here. It's superb. It's absolutely superb. You're probably getting to see it at one of the best seasons in autumn. Yeah, well the weather today is absolutely fantastic. Um, so we're not going to try and rush through this too quickly because I want to get out in the trails, but uh, <laughs> we'll certainly get through it. Uh, so can you tell us a wee bit about uh, the Life Adventure Centre and what it is that you do here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Life Adventure Centre, we opened the centre here back in 2003 and uh, it was uh, a, as a result of an interest in activity tourism, uh, which back in 2003 wasn't that widespread here. Uh, the area itself didn't have a lot of tourists and certainly the activity tourism product was very low on the ground. And we opened it for a trial period. And uh, at that stage, we didn't obviously have the mountain bike trails and there wasn't the same availability of activity. And we, we started to develop that. And uh, in 2006, we opened the, the building. We refurbished uh, the building which sits here in the in a Queen Anne style courtyard. It's mm-hmm. originally built around 1730. Wow. And uh, we had the privilege of being able to restore that and turning it into the adventure centre that it is now. Um, and that was really to service the needs of, of people coming to the area and certainly not just during peak season but even making activities available out of season. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know providing basic facilities such as shower and changing and coffee talking and facilities uh, items that people now expect to have uh, and support that that activity undertaking mm-hmm. and then subsequent to that, we had the development of uh, a range of different activities, but including the mountain bike trails. Yeah, uh, brilliant. So what's your role here, Martin? My role here is, well, I'm a director in the company. Right. And uh, so I, on a day-to-day basis, I don't tend to be involved in the day-to-day running of the centre, but I do take a great involvement in the development and uh, strategic aspects of the centre and including events where we can bring unique events that uh, promote the, the, the destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. And we want to talk certainly about the 24-hour race and the ER race and stuff that you held this year, which was very exciting. Um but we bet just more on the centre first. Um, how many staff does it employ here? In the centre itself, there are four staff employed full-time. Right, full-time, really? Full-time. And then we have uh, a range of part-time staff. Certainly during uh, the summer season, we would have more staff in. During mm-hmm. the summer season, uh, it's, it can be quite busy. And bearing in mind that the centre is actually open uh, seven days a week. Um, and wow. that's that's all year. We only close, we close five days. And the five days are, are Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. <laughs> right. But other than that, the, the centre's open right the way through. So, yeah, it, it requires a good, really good staff team to facilitate that um, and to make that happen. Wow, yeah, certainly. And is the facility, is it privately owned or is it council owned? No, it's entirely private. Entirely really? Private, private yeah, honestly? Yeah, yeah, entirely private. So the investment wow. right from the outset was private um, and, and has continued to be. Uh, you know, obviously, we developed the centre. It was a big investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did that knowing that uh, it wasn't going to deliver a result in year one, year two, even year three. Um, and so we knew that it was going to be a long-term investment, a long-term project to make this happen. And uh, you know, we're, still, we're, still, we're still very much committed to it and... Uh, uh, needless to say, we obviously had the recession in the meantime, uh, which, yeah. which was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've come out the other end of it and everything's trending upwards in terms of uh, outdoor recreation uh, and activity tourism. So, you know, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's something we've been very committed to from the outset. So it's brilliant to see that progress. Yeah, it's awesome. And I must say the place here is absolutely beautiful. Um, the area we're sitting in is fantastic. We're surrounded by Cube Mountain Bikes. A lot of them electric, I see, but we'll talk about that a wee bit later. Aye, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, the staff here and all are fantastic, very welcoming, and uh, Vicky and all here is fantastic. So um, I'm sure you get a lot of guys coming in be- because of that, because you are very welcoming and very friendly here. Yeah. You certainly promote that anyway. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's part of the ethos of the centre of the business. Um, we... You know, we want people to come in. We want people to enjoy themselves, no matter what level they're participating at. Um, and you know that that's the purpose, right from the outset. The aim was to turn this into like a hub for those that mm-hmm. want to just get outdoors. And uh, you know, the staff themselves, everybody that works here, everybody that's about here is passionate about what they do. They're passionate about the activities. They're passionate about the local environment. Um, so you know, and that that all shines through. And and to be honest, it gives us a massive amount of enjoyment. Uh, yeah. You know, and and the if we enjoy ourselves then hopefully everybody coming through our door does likewise yeah well well Vicky showed me around your facilities downstairs your stores and stuff there um and you just have a lot of gear and all in there so you obviously do a lot now you do offer a lot of activities um and i'll talk some i'll talk about some here you do hill walking wet bouldering open canoeing sit on top kayaking coastaneering mountain biking field archery electric mountain biking so you do a lot of stuff there yeah uh, a, a, a 
very broad range of activity, yeah. both both land and and water based. Um, mm-hmm. You have sort of on the on the, on the mountain side of things, you have everything from hill walking, rock climbing, abseiling. You then have wet bouldering, which is sort of a, a combined rock and water sport, uh, which is a pretty adventurous activity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're very lucky to have some some of the top destinations in in Ireland for those activities very very close to us yeah. here. Yeah. You've also then got co-steering, uh, which is a, a growing sport in its own right. And then you have uh, mountain biking. Um, all aspects or all disciplines of mountain biking. Certainly. And then water sports, canoeing, kayaking, sitting top kayaking and so on. So and, and you know, it's it's not every destination would give you that opportunity to have that range of activities. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very lucky that we have an area which delivers for that naturally and we have great access great resources great natural resources and you know probably in fairness this is the outdoor capital of ireland for that very reason yeah so when you were starting out then at the beginning were you in charge of deciding what activities you you would do or did that just naturally grow so who decided kind of what to go for and, and what to aim for well, what we wanted to do is we wanted to choose activities uh, that were compatible with the region. Um, everything we do is, 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 is based pretty much upon natural resources. So we use very little that involves built structure. Obviously, the mountain bike trails have been built, uh, but everything else is using the natural, the natural assets mm-hmm. that we have. And so we chose activities that were compatible with that, uh, give people an opportunity to get into those environments and experience them, um, as well as have an element of fun, an element of challenge. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty much natural selection. Yeah, no, it's very good, and the site here is brilliant for it. I, I must say as well. Um, so, what would you say would be your most popular activity out of all what you've covered? That's a very hard question. Yeah, um, that's a very hard question. Um, the the most we probably still sit uh, with canoeing and kayaking. Really, as the most right, well. most popular activity in terms of throughput for us, mm-hmm. um, people do tend to love that opportunity to get out on the water and so on. But that said, mountain biking's up there pretty much as well now because of yeah. the accessibility to the trails. Yeah, and are the activities open to everybody? Say, or do you have to be part of a group or a school? Or nope, the centre's open to the public, and it has been from day one. And so seven days a week, a member of the public can walk in off the street and they will be able to undertake activities. So mm-hmm. we, have, we have designed the centre to make activities as available as possible. Um, so today, if a member of the public walked in, uh, they could go out canoeing, they could go out sitting top kayaking, right, yeah. mountain biking. So uh, there's obviously other activities need a little bit of planning and pre-booking. Mm-hmm, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're open for all ages, all abilities. Yeah, well, that's, that's a lot of people to cater for, but it's brilliant, and I suppose the centre needs it, really, and you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to do that. Um, you need to be able to work whenever people want to go out. Uh, mm. You need to have, there's no point in us offering a service, but having it limited as to when it's available. Mm-hmm. We need to make it available when the user needs it. Um, yeah. It has to suit them, um, and 
you know, people's lifestyle now, it's not nine to five, Monday to Friday. There's a lot of people in here midweek want to go outdoors, want to get out and try the activities. Mm -hmm. We still have tourists right throughout the season, uh, right throughout the depths of winter. We all have tourists coming in that want to hire bikes to go off and experience it. So for us to turn around and say, sorry, we only open from March through to October, it's not really going to facilitate their needs. So, you know, we, 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 we do go to great lengths to make that to make that possible. We yeah. think that's absolutely key. And, and would you say you have would you have one particular type of clientele over another, or do you aim the centre at a particular type of clientele? We aim the centre at anybody that is interested in any shape or form in getting outdoors. As simple in, as in that. whatever so, activity. Wow. So that's our market. It's a very broad market. And to be honest, if you think about it, that's anyone. Um, and even some people that may not necessarily, it may not be on their radar to start with. Uh, you know, our aim is to make it attractive to them, to encourage them to get outdoors. Mm-hmm. So it's it, as far as we're concerned, we're open to everyone, absolutely everyone. Well, and, and you hire everything... Um, as far as all the activities go, have you got all the equipment here so can somebody just come in and hire what they need off you? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we, uh, unlike a lot of provision, uh, we when we've been developing the business, we obviously research what takes place elsewhere um, and certainly across the world. And uh, what we did uh, a couple of years back, we changed that and we moved away from the typical standard approach that's taken elsewhere um, simply because a lot of people coming to us have no prior knowledge of what they're doing. So we said we can't leave them to make a decision based on what they need. If they want to yeah. go kayaking, we know what they need. We supply that all to them. Um, and that's we supply everything that they need. Yeah. So wetsuits, everything are included. You know, It's not like you hire the canoe and then everything else is an extra. Mm-hmm. We give them a package. We look after the individual because it's in our interest, not just from a safety, but from a comfort point of view, that they have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And quite often they don't necessarily have the ability to make the decisions for themselves. Yeah, no, and I must say you, you have a load of equipment down there and uh, the bikes and all. And I, I noticed um, Victoria and another one of your staff members washing the bikes the other day. They wash them bikes better than I wash my own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the so the stuff's really well looked after. It is. The, you know, again, we have a... When someone comes in to hire something off us or somebody's coming in on a on an instructed session or a guided session, um, the, the equipment that they're getting handed to them um, must be in the best possible condition that it can be in. Um, you know, we want to give them the best possible experience and the equipment is a major part of that. So it has to be as good as new. And uh, we have a, a, a quite a high turnaround in equipment. Uh, because it gets quite a lot of use, uh, so we we turn it around, we we replace it. Right, uh, we're okay, selling yeah. off bikes at the minute, for example, they're only six months old. Wow, we really? bring in new bikes. So the main aim is that the kit is always very, very new, very fresh. Um, it gives the customer a much better experience. It it, it also adds to the reliability, and particularly when you're looking at something like bikes or safety equipment, mm-hmm. um, you need to know that the customer can rely on those. Um, so that's absolutely key for us. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Wow, I didn't actually realise that, but six months, that's... 
So you, your calendar would never stop, just having to renew and renew and renew. I'm sure that's an ongoing. We, we, it is, it's non-stop. It's yeah. non-stop. And, it, you know, it changes every year. It's not like, even at the minute, we can't get to the point where we say, well, every year we need to buy so, so many uh, based upon last year because it's constantly changing. And even the technology and equipment so on is constantly changing. So we need to make sure that we're up to speed with that and we have the most up-to-date equipment as well um, in, in terms of bikes, in terms of kayaks and so on as well. So you're constantly monitoring that as you go out through throughout the year mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no that's very very good now can we talk a wee bit then about the events that you hold because you do hold a lot of events throughout the year um and obviously we want to talk a wee bit about the mountain biking ones um but you do a load more can you tell us a wee bit about those kind of who organizes those and and why you chose what you did yeah um Again, what we do is the, the, there's sort of three levels of, of, of service that we provide. Uh, the basic level is, is hiring equipment. So somebody can, can come in, hire a bicycle, and go out on a self-guided journey. Same with the canoeing, the same with the kayaking. Above that, then, we have the opportunity for someone to go out and to be coached in the particular sport to develop their skills yeah. in that particular sport. And then above that, we also have the fun end of where it's just a guided session, so they're getting a little bit of a tour on mountain bike um, and learning a little bit about, not just about biking, but about the area and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And on the basic level, the events that we run are to make those coached and guided sessions available to individuals. From right. a cost point of view, normally you would have to be part of a group to do that. Yeah. So throughout the year, we put on days which are open to the general public. An individual can book on to it, come along, and they get the benefit of not just all the equipment, but the instruction, the facilities, and so on as well. Uh, and they get to spend time with all the like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. So that can be in any activity that we do. So we run a range of those, whether it's co-steering or uh, mountain biking or sitting top kayaking. Um, and that's they're run right throughout the year. In addition to that, then we have the bigger events that we have that we run. Uh, we have the, the cycle events, the the two, the eight hour mm-hmm. in June, which we've ran two years in a row now. It's it's now right. coming into its yeah. third year, and then the twenty four hour, which we delivered, and then we also have a trail quest orienteering on mountain bike, which we run between Christmas and the New Year. Right. Wow. Well. Uh, so those three events um, are more about getting, uh, well, actually complete beginners can participate in them as well mm-hmm. uh, but they're more about profiling not just the center but the destination the trails and everything that it has to offer and bringing people that wouldn't normally necessarily visit here to here by creating something unique and different mm-hmm. uh, at this particular venue yeah and uh, yeah and i'm sure it brings a lot of people in too that wouldn't necessarily have thought of coming in the first place you know it introduces a lot of people Absolutely. to what you provide Absolutely. In particular, the, the, the more challenging events, the 8R and the 24R, uh, we've noticed that a minimum 50% of the participants on those um, have never been to Castle Wellen uh, Forest Park before to this region and certainly to the mountain bike trails. Well, that's very interesting. That's very good. Um, and are any of the events free or are they all, do you have to pay? You have to pay for, they're all paid for. Um, right. So there's an entry fee for all of those. Uh, so um, the, the entry fee is, we keep it as low as possible. Uh, they are not there as a as a, as a commercial undertaking. Um, mm-hmm. They are there really just to cover their own costs and to enable us to reinvest and to keep running them and keep delivering them. Yeah. And 
which one, which event's most successful for you, do you think? Uh, we've been running, since the mountain bike trails opened, we've been running the Trail Quest at Christmas. And uh, it's, it's very successful because it has... Uh, Everything from families, uh, novice bikers, right the way through to experienced. But it's been running now four years, yeah. so it's well established. But that said, the eight-hour event and the twenty-four-hour event are both progressing at the same at the same rate. Yes. So we we're, we're not aiming for massive numbers on them. That's not what it's about. Uh, it's it's quality over quantity. Um, so you know we don't have targets for for. For, yeah, for for participation, um, we our only target is that people come along and enjoy themselves. Yeah, well, brilliant way to look at it, I must say, very very good. Um, so I know planning events and all can be a bit stressful, uh, but which one's the most fun to organise? Which one do you get most enjoyment out of organising? Um, they are all fun. That's a very interesting <laughs> question. Um, they are. They're all in in all sorts of different ways. Um, you know, they all have their different challenges and so on, and, and, and we enjoy a challenge. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't run an event if you don't no, enjoy a challenge. Exactly. Um, but uh, they, they all have unique challenges. And certainly this year now, and maybe because it's fresh in our mind, but certainly the 24-hour was a real challenge. And we got a lot of fun out of that, but a real challenge. And not least because two weeks prior to the actual event, when route and everything was set, we had Ophelia hit. <laughs> yeah, um, so. You know, we went out after Ophelia, and on the route that we had chosen for for the actual event, it was already set, already determined. Um, the the furthest we could cycle without a blockage was one and a half kilometers around <laughs> around a fourteen kilometer route. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of things that you can't foresee, you know, and and you just have to deal with as they come. So. Working with the various bodies, the, the, the trail rangers, the forest service and the council so on to get the trails open again and to, and to put on uh, an event um, uh, within two weeks from the damage or less than two weeks from the damage, that was a real challenge and to be honest that was very rewarding because it just showed what was actually possible and we've had some feedback already in terms of the route and getting a route set for a 24-hour event is a tough one and that can either mm. make or break the event. And the feedback we had so far on the route that it was an exceptional route, and uh, and you know, and that's that's really reassuring um, to get from the caliber of riders that we had. So yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, brilliant. That well, that's fun. good. I'm really glad it went because it's the first year you've held the 24 hour. That was the first year. Yeah, we yeah. ran the the eight hour twice, and uh, our objective was always to have it. 24 hour but we thought we'll start with small steps we mm-hmm. started with the 8 hour and uh, we got it we got it pretty good in year 1 and uh, we ran again in year 2 it was very successful in year 2 another brilliant event and uh, we had already planned on the back of that then to build on the 24 in this year so uh, yeah no they're they're, they're they're great crack yeah well that's good because I was going I was going to ask you um, how the 24-hour event one came because you've ran the ER one now for a couple of years. And I was going to ask you, um, it's, in, it's in June, the ER one's in June, and then I was going to ask you from the success of the back of that, did you then decide to do the 24-hour or was it always on your mind to do a 24-hour even before you started the ER one? From the outset. Really? From the outset, wow. um, it was always there to do a 24-hour. Um, and what we decided to do is said, take small steps. We'll start with the 8-hour. Uh, we thought it was a good idea to have an 8-hour as a feeder. 
which also accommodates uh, those who may prefer less of a challenge. And the um, ER's done in daylight, just it's isn't done it? in just daylight. daylight. It's yeah. done eight a.m. to four p.m. and okay. uh, it's done on a nice time of the year as well, where you're guaranteed a little bit more heat. Um, but you know, it's, so it, it's more of a, uh, an introductory level. And uh, but we decided to run it first get it off the ground, establish that, and then we would, in the background, we were constantly working on the 24-hour. And uh, once we got the second out of the way of the 8-hour, then we were prepared for the for the 24-hour. Mm-hmm. And initially, what made you want to even start with the tw- uh, the ER? You know, what, did riders come to you and say, you know, it'd be awesome if you was offered an ER race or a 24-hour race, or did you feel it was something that the riders needed or, or the area needed? A mixture. Right. Um, we had riders saying that, listen, it would be fantastic to have any at our event, and we think Castle Island would lend itself really well to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had all the riders saying, it would be great to get a, a 24-hour event uh, running in this region, and uh, you know, Castle Island would lend itself really well to it. At the same time, we were looking at Castle Wellen and thinking, Castle Wellen does deserve something that's unique to Castle Wellen. And again, like all the activities that we deliver, we wanted to find something that was compatible uh, with Castle Well and with the setting, with the trails, um, and to help profile it and get it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fantastic trail centre. It's unique. Um, it's very stunning. Uh, yeah. We're not at all biased. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we felt that the 8R and the 24R events lent themselves really well to it and, and therefore started to, started to plan it. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm sure that took a lot of planning. We'll talk about that a wee bit later, but... About the 24-hour race then, tell us a wee bit about that. What's the different kind of entry options available there to riders? Um, well, b- both uh, events have a similar uh, entry options to accommodate both those that may be more experienced mm-hmm. as well as beginner levels. But the 24-hour, you can enter solo. So it's really... Masochist. Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, and just as many laps as you can do in 24 hours. And... Uh, Hats off to the guys. Uh, they are some absolutely superb athletes yeah. um, out there. Uh, you can enter as a pair, uh, and how you break down the 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 the, the um, laps is entirely up to you. It could right. be lap about, or you could do two laps on, two laps off, and uh, but it's in a relay format. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have teams of three, right? Which gives you even more downtime, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, so you could have. Uh, well, we had individuals this year that were able to have a shower, come back, have a shower after their two laps, have a bite to eat, have a couple of hours of sleep, and back up again for the next <laughs> couple of laps. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, you can, you can plan it pretty well. And mm-hmm. then we had the fun six, uh, which is teams of six, those that might want to do it uh, purely for fun or for a charitable cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had two fun sixes in this year. Yeah. And needless to say, uh, the, the, the term fun should give you an indication as to what's involved but uh, at the end they were the, probably the most competitive really it was, it was neck and did neck did Glenn's team win in the end or uh, Glenn's team did win in the ah, end okay. Glenn's team yeah. did win in the end yes yes uh, <laughs> but it was it was tight at a point oh wow it was tight at a point and uh, no it was very very good excitement right to the end at, you know and that's phenomenal at a 24 hour event um, to still have it neck and neck and people standing at the timing tent at the transition period cheering people on 23 yes. hours into it is just phenomenal yeah that's great after yeah amazing and um after a long night i'm sure you know a long a long long night um yeah a, long, a very interesting night it's great having <laughs> a conversation with someone at 4 a.m uh, who hasn't stopped 
and uh, th- there's not necessarily that much sense to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it's it's. Uh, it's no, it's, it's it's a privilege to be involved in that sort yeah, of sport, yeah. and to, to be working with those guys. Aye, and would you say something like that twenty four hour or even the eight hour race? Do you need to be of a certain skill level, or could anybody try it? Do you think if they got themselves maybe not solo, but if they got themselves onto you know a three man or or whatever? Do you think could anybody just try it? Yeah, well, the route that we set for the twenty four hour, um, it. It, it, it was less um, demanding than the eight hour route that we set in terms of the mountain bike section. So okay. we it was more flowing single track um, and forest road that we used. So it wasn't as impacting on the individual. Um, right. And uh, so you know someone who can comfortably ride on single red uh, would have no problem uh, participating in that event. Like bearing in mind, we had one participant who who rode it on a, a single speed. Um, with no yeah, suspension. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. A- a- Andy is uh, is just. Uh, uh, I don't know what the best word is to describe him, but yeah. So things. So you know. So it was possible <laughs> to do that. Um, and so. In terms of being open to novice riders, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The trail is chosen to make it accommodating, flowing, friendly. Um, it's well marked, it's well taped. You don't need to be able to navigate. There's marshals on the course, you know. So it's 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 it, it is very accommodating, albeit yeah. twenty four hours. It's twenty four hours at the end of the day, yeah. And you touched on it a wee bit earlier there about the storms you had just before the twenty four hour and how it affected your planned course. Tell us a wee bit more about the challenges that that kind of threw at you. And was there any moments where you put your head in your hands and thought, oh, no, we're going to have to postpone this or something? Or I know yeah. you did get quite a lot of help at that stage. but Yeah, um, the the day after the storms, we went out to assess the level of damage from, from our own point of view. And it was only a couple of, it was like, couple of weeks wasn't it 13 14 days something like that was it, it was it was less it was about 12 days wow, okay. 12 days to go and uh we went out uh assessed uh the trails and it was quite evident there was a lot of damage done mm-hmm. a lot of damage done and i said we we measured that we had one section the longest section that we could ride without having to uh overcome obstacles uh was a kilometer and a half off a 14 kilometer route yeah and uh, uh, not only the, on the on the actual route itself, but the inroads, the forest roads, and so on that led into the route were also heavily blocked. So, from uh, an event management point of view, that was also a major problem because we need to have access for for emergencies, uh, even yeah, setting up and emergencies during the event itself. So, um, we we looked at it. Uh, we spoke with um, the various partners, uh, Forest Service, um, the, the Ranger Service, the Mourn Heritage Trust Ranger Service that managed the trails on behalf of the council. And we spoke with the council as well. And, you know, their initial assessment was it was a lot of damage. Um, and it was very hard to tell until they really got into it how much time it was going to take to clear. So we tried to help them. We, we cleared a lot of the trail ourselves where it didn't require cutting and so on. So we were out clearing a lot of trail. Um, just with uh, large branches, etc., across it, and uh, we then were able to highlight to them where there were major blockages, so they could commit their resources to it, and and they did that, and we were just able to monitor it on a pretty much on a day by day basis to see what was actually cleared, um, and 
we did have to completely rejig our route. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we had to completely rejig the route. Um, but we ended up with a, a, a fantastic compromise. And in fairness, I think we ended up actually with a better route than the original oh, route. Wasn't that, that we were forced into it. But you, there was a point at the, the, the Monday, um, the Monday prior, uh, we, uh, we had a decision to make. We were either going to go with it or we were going to have to cancel it. And we had to make a quick assessment on the Monday morning. And uh, bearing in mind, we'd already put a week's work into it. We'd worked right throughout the weekend yeah. on the trails. And we decided to go with it. People had made a big commitment to come to the event. Um, people were traveling quite a distance. So, yeah. we, you know, we, we had to make a call earlier. And we wet it all up. We spoke with the game with the various partners and we decided that we could make it happen um and and we 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 could we we got stuck into it and uh, we ended up with an absolutely superb route in saying that the the route wasn't completely clear until the 5 p.m on the friday the day before the event was due to start so that's <laughs> we were we were we were up against it but that's yeah. you know that's that's the way of it it's uh you got to do these things well brilliant and, and i know <clears throat> when i was chatting to you the day of the race you were saying um that in a way actually helped for future use of the trails because because of the event all hands were on deck and everything had to be done and that helped actually get the trails open for now when we're talking roughly about a week after the event so and the trails are fully open again yeah absolutely the guys you know the the, the guys did um uh, uh pull out all the stops to clear the trails for the event and when, when the trails were cleared for the event that was the route that we had for the event was nearly the entire uh, trail centre um, and uh, that meant that the trails were opened into the general public very very soon after that so no, there was a benefit in that as well which was which was great to see because certainly there was a massive resource committed to it a yeah. massive resource committed to it And now that it's all finished and, and done were you happy with the way it all turned out? Yeah, um, you know what we we can gauge it during the event. So you're 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 watching what's taking place during the event. You're looking at people's faces. You're you're listening to what people are saying. Uh, you know, trying to catch their expressions and so on. And, and that's you know you're 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 gleaning feedback from whatever source you can during the event. And uh, so you're you're doing that as you go through it, but then you're also waiting for feedback afterwards from the guys. You know, mm-hmm. not just in terms of the pre- at the presentations afterwards, but even just post the event completely when they've had a little bit of sleep and a little bit of time to reflect and there's comments come back by social media and so on so yeah we're 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 actually to be honest we're really happy with how the event went and that's based entirely upon the experience that the participants have had you know so yeah we had a great time but yeah. it's not all about us uh, no certainly what was the most popular category that people entered um Oh, good question. Uh, I need to look at the detail. I think it was the I think it was the teams of three. Of three, yeah. Was the was the busiest category? Um, although the solos was high, uh, we had more solos than we expected. So yeah, there's there's more masochists out there than you would you would first imagine. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, f- you know, very talented, very experienced guys. You know, we've had guys in the solo category as well as the other categories that had done multiple. In uh, endurance events previously, you know, and we're talking about twenty-four hour events. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to have them on board, and, and likewise, great to get their feedback as well. So uh, and, to, and and it was great to have them. Their attitude was great. To, you know, they wanted to come along and help establish such an event in in, in Ireland um, and to make it happen. Yeah, no, you know, so. certainly it is. And um, 
I know the guys were at it steady when I was here throughout the day. You know, they were coming and going steady. So there was plenty of action. Just non-stop, yeah, that, you know, they were focused. Uh, the, the, I don't think there was any team there that wasn't focused, um, any entry that wasn't focused. And, yeah. And uh, uh, I think whenever people get on the bike, they go, they, 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 they go hard regardless of what category they've started in. You know, yeah. they, they, they get the bit between their teeth and <laughs> off they go. Um, uh, because I know I was over with Glenn. I was over in the Glenn O'Brien camp there and he had wrote at the top his whiteboard uh, just for the crack or something like that, you know. Yeah. But you know yourself, when you get in that environment and things start to get close then, the old competitive edge, especially for somebody that Glenn kicks in. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of that as well, you know. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn's team name was just for the crack yeah. you know and I thought yeah no, there's not a chance not a chance Glenn catch yourself on and he played it down to start like they didn't really have a plan as to who was going to ride and when at the start in fairness to them so they sort of like well who's going to ride first and so on mm-hmm. but shortly after it started the whiteboard came out of the <laughs> came out of the camper van it was hung on the rail and there was a big plan on it and, oh there was uh, times there was times and everything beside oh, me oh I it started to get serious at that point you know so uh, so and I know it was and it was great to see to be honest it was absolutely great to see so uh but yeah there was there, there's no doubt about it uh, um Ger jackson winner of the solo uh put a wee write up on the uh giant uh dublin uh facebook page uh yesterday um and he was highlighting about the background work you know there was himself and and uh connor his support but he said at times they were actually phoning all their people to get advice on what to do you know at one time he was speaking to his his daughter, who was uh, um, on the other side of the country, um, just to get advice and th- that motivation to go. And so it's, it's surprising what does wow. go into it, you know, sort of from, you know, and I don't think anybody just turns up randomly and has a go at it. No. Um, but it does show what, what does go into it and what's behind the, the participant. Yeah. And, and how much time in advance do you have to organize something like that? Like, how much organization does that take? We had started a year and a half prior wow. to that. For the 24-hour. Uh, for the 24-hour. Right. So we started just after the first eight hour that we delivered. And uh, uh, so that was June 2016. We started Cheers. just after that to look at the 24-hour. And there's a lot to take into consideration. There's a lot of little, little elements to get it right. And uh, we wanted to give ourselves the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like we're already starting now to plan next year's 24 hours so you might say well yeah. surely you've da- done one um you've got the plan you just roll it out again next year so but it doesn't work like that you know we we, we want to take it completely apart again we want to look at every element of it mm-hmm. um and and refine it down where we can to make the event even better yeah and what would you think is your biggest challenge in, challenge in organizing something like that um is it time that you need to put into it or is it getting the biggest no it's it's not um the every aspect from our end i would say is pretty straightforward because that's within our control yeah that's within our control um and if we slip up with something we need to get it right so that's within our control the biggest challenge is the unknown which is the participation so when you go out with an event you promote an event Mm you have no idea what the uptake's going to be and there's so many factors can influence that you could have other events on the same time you could have a change in trend you know so you know you don't know what what happens out there um so the 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 unknown is the biggest challenge for us and that's that's the sign up the participation um Mm -hmm. and and that's why we're you know to be honest we're as grateful for the guys that turn up as they are for the fact that we organized it 
Yeah, yeah. And <coughs> when you are organising stuff like this, and you're obviously doing it all year round, but do you dread, do you actually dread something like this coming up because of the unknowns, or is it something you really look forward to doing and you really enjoy getting your teeth into? Is your team really enthused about these things happening? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really enthusiastic about it. Um, there's an element of tiredness in the run-up to it. But, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to make it happen, you know, and to see it, you know, when the, when the whistle's blown at the start and the guys are out there and getting stuck into it, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, and, and even though there is, when I say that there's unknowns, you know, the, the, the more experience you have, the more you can sort of develop backups to yeah. that. So you, you, you do get used to the unknowns and uh, you've, you've a little bit more preparation and, and, and a backup and, uh, and resilience mm-hmm. to, to that style of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, I'm sure the the ER one really helps us too, in a way, um, as you say, taking baby steps to get that 24-hour one. Uh, absolutely, so. absolutely. You know, it was key to start at that level yeah. um, and not just for ourselves, but also for the partners that are involved in it. You know, we have to... Um, provide reassurance to the landowners, to Forest Service, to the trail owners, which are the council, and to all the other all the other parties um, that, that this is actually a, a good idea um, and it can deliver. And uh, you know, even in the background, safety. You know, the, the the process you have to go through to ensure the safety aspect yeah. of it, ensure the stakeholders, your other partners, that it is a safe event, it's a responsible event. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And what would you say is, or what do you get the most satisfaction from doing these events, holding these events? I personally love challenge. Okay. And, uh, you know, I I love the the cross-country mountain biking. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the endurance element of it. Um, And I know what makes me tick in that sense. And I think it's probably something quite similar that makes the participants tick. Mm-hmm. So, the enjoyment I get of seeing them being challenged in the way that I would like to be having right. an enjoy, yeah. being you know having an event led on that enables them, you know, to fulfil their passion, uh, is what is what makes me tick. So, you know, and uh, yeah, that's that's very much what it comes down to. Yeah, brilliant. And do you, or in the future, are you going to get an opportunity to um, participate in these events? I would love to, but it's very, very hard <laughs> yeah. when you're the event director yes. um, to get stuck into it and go out there and so on. Now, I know that some of our guys have already said that next year for the 8-hour and for the 24-hour, we need to have a team in it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun team, not a competitive team, yeah. because it may be deemed that we have a slight uh, a slight advantage. Um, but yeah, we could put a fun team into it, whether I'm in that or not. Uh, that that's yet to be answered, but it just it just means I have to go off somewhere else and find get my buzz somewhere else. Then, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, right. Let's talk a wee bit then about the future and a wee bit about mountain biking in general. Um, have you seen the mountain biking scene here within Castlewell and growing over the last number of years? It has. Well, now bearing in mind that only four to five years ago we had the trails. So prior to that, yeah. yes, there was a lot of cycling, a lot of uh, mountain biking, mm-hmm. um, but there was no formal trails to, to encourage people to come along. But certainly since the trails opened, um, there has been a big increase in the general public coming along and using the trails and that it being on their radar. Now, whether it's they're coming along and they're hiring a bike and it's a one-off. So, yes, we're going mountain biking this weekend. Next weekend, we might go... Uh, uh, 10 pin bowling so it's, mm-hmm. for some people it's a recreational activity but then there's also a big increase in those that are 
going and buying bicycles and coming back time after time um, and getting then into not just this trail centre but visiting other trail centres and developing in the sport itself. Mm-hmm. And that's from uh, children right up through all ages, all abilities. Yeah, well, that's um, great. All and, ages, all abilities. And do you see many females taking part in mountain biking? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it seems to be equally accommodating for, for as I said, all ages, all abilities, all genders. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a, a big number of, of females on the trails, and uh, hopefully that continues, continues to grow. Yeah, certainly. It's one thing I think the industry's trying to grow. So um, I'm quite interested in it because my fiance mountain bikes, and but she found it quite... Um, quite intimidating i think getting into initially you know because it's so heavily male orientated but that's good that you're seeing more females going up the up the mountain that's brilliant we are yeah um the the hour this year we had uh, quite a high uh female participation number which was great um uh in the 24 hour though we had one right okay um and the funny thing is that probably there's nothing to stop, fem- you know, to yeah. um, restrict female participation in it, uh, maybe just that it is actually seen as a, a male-dominated sport, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the arduous nature of it that yeah. might put females off. But yet, it's not because you can take it at so many different levels, so many different levels, and yeah. it's such an enjoyable activity, even at pu- a purely recreational level. Um, you know, it's it's such a broad sport such a broad sport yeah no it's, it's good to see for sure now let's talk about electric mountain bikes okay <laughs> uh you offer that for hire here as well yeah how popular is that in the center it's growing in popularity um three years ago whenever we brought in trial bikes um uh, trial e-bikes and uh, we brought them in from germany uh we had to explain to everybody coming through the door what they were so we had to explain the whole concept of e-bikes. Uh, over the past couple of years, partly to do with the fact that we've been promoting them, but also the, the, mm-hmm. the wider um, uh, industry, uh, getting on board with e-bikes in terms of retailers and so on, uh, people are now more familiar with what they actually are and mm-hmm. the benefits of them. Um, some hardliners will still say, that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It's a different discipline. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay. a bit like mountain biking and road biking. Uh, you've you've standard bikes and then you've e-bikes. You know it's a different it's a different discipline. Um, so they're becoming much much more popular. Uh, we are having a lot more requests for them, and uh, you know we now have we have twenty five e mountain bikes in stock wow, here. That's crazy. Um, all a really nice spec of bike because they're a spec that is suitable for the mountain bike trails. So they're not yeah. just you can ride them on the forest roads if you want. And they're very comfortable, but you can also take them on to the single track. Um, wow, and cool. there's no issues there but they do open it up in a, on a small scale on the micro in terms of on the, in the trail centre here they do open up biking to people that may not necessarily have the confidence mm-hmm. to get on a bike in term, just because they underestimate their own fitness ability um, or they may have a mobility issue for example um, so the e-bikes open that up and give them confidence and we know for a fact we've watched a lot of people that wouldn't have biked now actively biking because they've started out on an e-bike. And they're getting a lot of exercise, they're out on the trails, and they're really enjoying it. And to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, that's awesome. Um, There's also dedicated bikers uh, that are using the e-bike to cover more ground in a day. 
So it's another tool to do that as well. So, you know, rather than just being able to hit one trail centre, you might be able to go and do a couple of trail centres mm-hmm. because you have that little bit of support for the hills yeah. um, just to pull you up. There's no real advantage from them on the single track, on the descent. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can only no. move so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but certainly on the hills, it just takes that, that edge off for you. Yeah. Um, and certainly some, you know, and, and that's partly supported by some of the lead riders in, in mainland Europe using them. The fact that they're now, there's now... In, in the enduro, their e-bike categories, etc. So it's becoming much more mainstream, and that's that's slowly filtering through to yeah. to us out here in the sticks. Did you uh, <laughs> did you have to check the guys' equipment in the twenty four RER that they weren't on the electric bike? Uh, no, we, we 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 didn't. In fairness, we don't think there was anybody. Um, we don't think there was anybody, and we are considering actually putting an e-bike category into right, the events next year, um, because as I say, that then opens it up to people that may not necessarily have the confidence to get mm-hmm. stuck in. But yeah. on, an, on an e-bike, they might, and if it's out there, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not include it? And do you think you'll be up on your range of e-bikes? You've Got quite a lot at twenty twenty four twenty five there. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Um, are you going to be getting more in the future? We are. Um, we're currently in the process of changing them, and we have a higher spec of e bike coming now for the specifically for the mountain bike trail. But we also have um, several full suspension e bikes coming. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you know they're 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 very very common in mainland Europe. Um, guys are using them really to use the e bit. Uh, the, the support to get the height and then enjoy the, the, the benefits of the full suspension on the descent. On the descent yeah. And so we're bringing in a few of those as well uh, because there is demand for those out there and we've noticed that. We've noticed that uh, increase. Yeah, very good. And do you get much maintenance issues with the e-bikes or have they been quite kind to you? Uh, they've been, they're pretty good. Um, they're pretty yeah. good. We, we, we bring in quite a high spec of bike. Um, you know, our higher bikes are all quite a high spec of bike. And uh, we could go for a, 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 a lower investment, uh, but in terms of uh, maintenance, you tend to find lower investment mm. increases the maintenance. Yeah. It also reduces the reliability for the customer. So, you know, the bikes we have are, uh, they're above mid-range. Um, yeah. They're above mid-range, and uh, we find them very reliable, so... No, they're, they're, they're cube, cube bikes. The engineering in cube um, uh, is quite impressive. And, it, you know, if, if they withstand the use that a trail centre gives them, then that's a good yeah, that's a good recommendation. No, very, very good, very good. So is there anything, Martin, happening in the near future? Um, anything planned that's a wee bit different for the mountain biking around this area or is there anything new coming to Castle Welland for next season or anything like that? Uh, we have a couple of ideas that we're working on and uh, in terms of just creating events that encourage people to come along and get involved okay. um, but they're still very much in the pipeline uh, you know there's a trying to get the model right for those is, is absolutely key right, um, yes. they, they, for us it's very important that whatever we do is unique um, it's not to copy what's elsewhere. What we want to do is develop something which is unique to Castlewell and unique to the Mourns, unique to Castlewell and unique to the mountain bike trails. Um, and that it, that it delivers against our ethos. Um, we, we still have, between Christmas and New Year, we have the, the, the Trail Quest. Yeah. Um, and that's held in a lot of areas, the Trail Quest thing, isn't it? It's held... Or is it just specific to here? Well, we run a tr- Christmas trail quest here. Yourselves, are, right. Yes, just in just specific to Caswell. Yep. The trail quests run, they're not so 
common now in, in Northern yeah. Ireland. Um, a couple of years ago, they were quite widespread over the winter period. Uh, mm-hmm. A few clubs ran them. And they were very, very successful, very successful. Great events, like three and a half hours on a mountain bike yeah. and, and trying to find your way at the same time. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, they were very, very popular and very accommodating, again, for a range of abilities and very challenging. Um, but they've sort of reduced in in popularity and maybe maybe cycle crosses fill the gap there in the interim okay. um but the the trail quest we run here is just it, we felt it fitted quite well uh for Caswell and for the, the the venue and for a range of ability and this year we're we're already reviewing it. We've a couple of slight changes we're making to it. We want to make it uh, more challenging at the upper end for the the more dedicated participant, and uh, make it more accommodating and possibly a little bit more fun at the lower end for the for the family uh, and mm-hmm. beginner level. Okay. So we're we're working on that. So that's that's midway between Christmas and New Year, uh, and that'll be on our website. And uh, then we're, as I said, we're already reviewing and working through the eight hour and twenty four hour for next year. So. Yeah. Uh, there will it never be. Stops. It never stops, you know, and it's it, it takes that momentum to keep going. Um, yeah. And uh, as I said, then we're looking at a couple of other options in okay. the interim as well. So brilliant. So how can people find out more about yourselves? What you do? What's the best way to contact you? A uh, couple, a couple of options. Well, we're on social media. Um, so the day-to-day bits and pieces, uh, it, you'll be kept uh, abreast of those via social media, whether that's mm-hmm. through Twitter. We're on Twitter, Life Adventure Center, and on Facebook. Uh, so both of those are good channels to follow. And then the main detail on events and for booking and uh, et cetera, et cetera, all the information related to the center can be found on our website, which is www.onegreatadventure.com. Okay, and I'll stick all the links on the show notes and stuff so people can access them quite easily. Yeah. So that's cool. But Martin, thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Karen. I know you're a super, bu- super busy man. And uh, I probably interrupted at your lunch and everything here. And you have phone okay. calls going. You have people waiting on you. So, Oh, well, not to worry. Not to worry. <laughs> I'll let you go. But thank it's you very a, much. A, ple- a pleasant distraction. <laughs> Thanks very much, Karen. All thank the you. best. Bye, bye. That's a wrap for episode number 14, folks. I hope you really enjoyed that. And um, it was awesome to be down there around Martin and the guys and be down on race day. Um, there's a lot going and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great trails down there, I must admit. I really enjoyed my time in the area and the place is absolutely beautiful. It's well, well worth a visit. If you're coming over to Ireland or the north to go mountain biking or do anything like that, that is definitely a place you need to visit. Um, uh, you, you will spend easily a day down there if not longer um, a good weekend really what you need so if you want to know more about Martin or about the Life Adventure Centre please visit the website's show notes all the links are there the website is mtb-tribe.com you'll get more information there and you can contact the guys through simple links on the show notes so please do that also please get involved in the show and if you listen to this on iTunes or Stitcher please rate the show five stars is always the best (laughs) and if it's not five stars please let me know why get in contact you can contact me through the website just simply email me there i do read all emails and i get back to everybody as soon as i can so thanks folks again for listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode 
There are lots of episodes planned for the future, of course, and there's lots of interesting guests coming on them. So the show's only getting bigger and bigger and better and better, hopefully. So thank you for your input. And if you want to get in contact, as I say, just visit the website, mtb-tribe.com. Send me a message there and um, I will get back to you. So have a great day, folks. Hopefully you'll get pushing the pedals very soon. Take care on the trails.